We saw before how minhog has the power to create laws and rules, regulations, when a group of people get together and enact those laws as a tzibor, as a group, either as a city or as a profession, and they all enact these laws amongst themselves, it is binding even without a kinyan, and that becomes law for all the parties. There's a broader concept of known as Situmta, which goes really across Chesh and Mishpat as well, and that is even without people getting together and making laws or enacting regulations, just the mere fact that something becomes the custom, that becomes the halacha. That is found in Ezeh Oneshech, Tafayin Dalad Aleph. The Gemara begins, Omar of Papi Mishmei the Rava. Papi said the name of Rava, Hai Situmta. This Situmta is Kanya, is affects a Kenyan, as Rashi explains, what's a situmta? Second line in Rashi, situmta chaisam sheroishmin achen v'nemalachavia shaliyayin. It's the seal that the store owners would mark off on the barrels of wine that they were buying shaloykhin harbe biyached. They would buy a bunch together from the ones who produced the wine, from the balabatim who produced the wine. Umeinichin aisam v'chatzar abayl. They would leave these barrels of wine in the oitzer that belonged to the owners. They wouldn't take them with them. Rather, they would only take them one at a time to their store to sell. And in the interim, they would mark them off so that people will know all those that were marked off are sold to this and the store owner. So they didn't actually do a Kenyan Hagba or a Kenyan Mashicha. They didn't lift it, they didn't do a kinyan suder, they didn't use a, a, the, the classic kinyan of using some sort of kerchief or whatever, right, making that kinyan. Instead, they would just mark it off. And still, the Gemara says it's kaina. Continues the Gemara, Lamai Hilchasa, regarding what is this considered a kinyan? Is it a real kinyan as if you had done a kinyan shicha? Says the Gemara, Rav Chaviva Omar Lemikniyah Mamish. Chaviva says, indeed, yes, it creates a regular Kenyan as if you had done a Kenyan Hagba. Rabban and Amri, the Rabbanu disagree, and they say it's Lekibule Alimisha Para. It has the equivalent of a Kenyan Mois, which is not a full Kenyan according to Halacha. You don't actually own the goods. It's enough that if anyone backs out, they receive the Klala called a Misha Para for someone who put down money on movable goods and then changes their mind and wants to back out of the transaction, and they did not yet affect the Kenyan, though, so they get the Klala called Mishapar, but it's not a real Kenyan. The Hilchasa, the Gemara Paskins, like Kabul Ele Mishapar, the Gemara Paskins, like the Rabbonon, that this type of Kenyan called Setumto is only effective as far as creating a Mishapar, it's not a real Kenyan. However, the Gemara continues and says, If you're in a specific place, specific city, that over there, they treat this transaction as a complete and total Kenyan, that they, no one's allowed to back out afterwards, even with a Mishapara, there's no backing out, the Kenyan is effective completely, then in that place, it remains a Kenyan, and no one is allowed to back out of the transaction, it's a complete Kenyan. So even though this is not a Kenyan that is sanctioned by the Torah, it's not like the Kenyanim of Hagba and Mashicha and Chalipin that we have in the Torah, since we're in a place that they treat this thing as a regular Kenyan, it becomes a binding Kenyan, and no one can back out. How does this work? So the Maharaj Dam, quoted by the Abnei Shayam, this is on page 10 of the booklet, he explains as follows. On page 10 in the second column, 
the Marjdam writes, Any monetary transaction, there's two ways it can be binding. Either by one of the dinim that the Torah or Chazal enacted, or any condition that is, that is agreed upon between two parties will be binding in halach. And that is the reason why the different methods of Kenyan of acquisition are binding. The ones that the Seichim have enacted amongst have have not necessarily enacted, but they are noyik amongst each other. Even though it's not written in the Torah that these are Kenyan, that's not brought in halacha. Since that is their custom, that's the way they do it. It's as if everyone made a precondition with their friend. When this happens, this is what will be. This will be the result. We learn from here. Any time that we create a agreement, a obligation amongst each amongst ourselves. Any time it's done without the typical methods that are brought in halacha, it's just a custom, it's as if we made a tanai amongst each other, that when, when this happens, so that will be the effect, it'll be, it will be considered as if it was a regular kinyan. So that is the basis for minhagim creating new types of halachas, new types of kinyanim, and similar chiyuvim, similar obligations, since it's the custom that we all go by, so that it creates a new type of kinyan or a new type of obligation, and it is considered binding in halacha, even though this is something that was never mentioned in Chayshin Mishpat, as was brought till now. So finally, we get to the peak of the power of minhag, that not only can it define, not only can it obligate, not only can it create new halachas, here we have a statement by the Rishalmi, that minhag can actually override halacha. It's a famous statement coming from the Yerushalmi in the beginning of the seventh paragraph of going on the very same Mishnah that we quoted earlier. The Mishnah begins, this is on page 11 in the booklet, the Asechers HaPoyal is Halacha Aleph in the Yerushalmi. Someone who hires workers, he demands of them that they should either come earlier than the norm or stay later than the norm. Makam Shenagu if you're in a place where that is not the custom, meaning the Torah envisions that the typical workday would be from sunrise till nightfall. And over here in this place, that's not the custom. They work 9 to 5. They don't go with sunrise or nightfall. You cannot force them to do anything different than their custom. Similarly, if their custom is that you have to provide them food, you have to give them food. If you give them, in addition to the food, you give them side dishes and things that go along with the bread, he has to do that. Everything the way these, the local custom is, that is binding, says, skipping to the Gemara, says the Yerushalmi, Amar of Hoshia, says of Hoshia, Zois Emeristis teaches us, a custom can actually go against and override the halacha. Since, like as we saw, the din Torah would have been, if you hired someone in a place where there is no minik, he would be expected to start working at sunrise and work until nightfall. This minhok, that they don't do it, that overrides the halacha. So all the place can quickly clarify that this does not mean 
that so you're allowed to do anything that's also because it's the minuk. If there's something would be ribbis, so you can't say, well, our minog is that we do it even though it's also else ribbis. We're not discussing anything that's a prohibition. We're talking about halachas that just guide monetary law. And over here, if the minog is otherwise, the minog will be mevatal the halacha. So let's see a classic example of this. This is going on to page 12 in the booklet. In the halachas of mekach tos, someone buys something and there's a defect in the item. So that sale is not valid, and even if it's oh, years later, if it becomes clear that at the time of sale there was already a defect, then the sale is nullified as if it never happened, and the money needs to be returned. So says the Shulchan Aruch, this is in Reish Lamed Beis, Sif Yer Aleph, in Cheshen Mishpat, Someone who sells an animal to his friend for his, for his, in order to shecht it and eat the meat, and the buyer goes ahead and shechts it, and it's revealed that it's a trefo, and it is not, it's not kosher, it cannot be eaten. If it can be clarified for sure, that it was already a trefo at the time that he bought it, and how could that be? For example, that area of the stomach called Beis was found to have a hole in it, which renders it a trefo, but for Huglat Pihamaka, the entrance, the place where there is a hole, has already scabbed over. Sha'oz Yodua, then it's known, it's already three days since this hole appeared in the stomach of this animal. So you know for sure that this thing was a trefa at the time of the sale. So then, if he bought it within those three days, so it was, that hole was there at the time that he bought it, have a mekach toz, that transaction is considered with toz and it is nullified. And he has to return all the money that the guy spent must be returned because he did not buy a animal that's a trefa. His intention was to buy a good animal that is a defect in his purchase. Since we can prove that it was there at the time of sale, so the entire purchase is bottle and the money needs to be returned. That would be the straight halacha. Says the Pischei Tshuva, going to the bottom of the page, is Pischei Tshuva and Sifkat and Vav. Says the Pischei Tshuva, Ukimidum, it appears to me, the minig is, is not like this. The minig is that even if it can be proven that it was a trefa, since when he bought it, nobody knew that it was a trefa, it looked like a regular animal, then the custom in the place of the Pischei Tshuva was that they do not nullify the transaction and the, 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 the buyer does not get his money back. Vim Cain continues the Pischei Tshuva, Minog Mevat HaHalacha, this custom overrides the Halacha. Kamoi, like we find, Kabe Beitzim Muzaris Lekamon, Sifiotes, you find that the same thing comes with eggs, that if someone buys eggs and they weren't fertilized, in the sense that they're not as good as regular eggs, they can't produce chickens, so then the sale is considered valid because the Minog had become that you do not nullify a sale for that. Fiyashlach Karachar Minog, so therefore you have to check after the Minog. Says the Pesach Tshuva, and this is a rule. V'hu hadin b'shar dvarim. It's the same thing with all other things. Shaderach l'moichon stumim v'chasumim k'may shahin. That the custom is to buy them as is, meaning a closed box. Nobody knows what's in there. Kigoyin, for example, tevois and tafes chuches lechalenes boxes with window panes, glass sheets that you don't know if they're if they're whole or if they cracked. Or tevois im esrogim k'etzibazeh or boxes with esrogim, and you don't know if it's a kosher esrog inside. And the meaning was to sell them, you know, sight unseen, as is. The Bezdin needs to check out what is the minig in that place. If the minig is not to undo a sale 
for these defects, then the sale remains complete because minog mivatal halacha. So this is not your typical thing that we say. Well, in our in our town, this is not called a defect. These things are clearly defects. If the esrog is possible, the glass is shattered, or the behem is a trefa, that is clearly a defect. It's de- definitely not what the guy intended to be buying. But since there is a prevailing custom not to undo the sale, that is mivatal the halacha, and the sale remains valid, and the, the money does not have to be returned.